This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Michael Fabiano and Dr. Roto getting ready to break down and get you ready for week seven. Already seven weeks into the season. Doc, what's going on with you, my man? How you feeling? I'm feeling okay, exec, except tonight, man, between the Giants and Eagles and the presidential debate, I don't know which is a bigger train wreck. <laughs> it, it will ultimately be the debate, most likely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so don't, hopefully nobody mutes our microphones as we go through this uh <laughs> upcoming podcast right here. We try to get you ready for week number seven. Let's listen, the Mike, the week, the weeks. Oh man, I tell you what, man, once you get in the season, these weeks start to fly by. We're at week seven already. I know, man, it goes by so fast. And you know what, too, something that I've I've sort of just experienced being in this industry for so long. Once you hit Halloween. It goes even faster. Like mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're getting ready for your Christmas plans. Yep. And hopefully we're getting ready to win some championships. And that's what we plan on doing. So make sure you sign up for SI Fantasy Plus because that's where the champions get their information from. So we got Thursday night football tonight, Doc. We got the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been to an Eagles Giants Thursday night game, right? And it was it was it was in it was in the, it was in a uh, MetLife Met Stadium. And it was a couple of years ago, and Eli Manning was the starting quarterback for the Giants. And I'm talking about they booed Eli Manning relentlessly, relentlessly inside MetLife Stadium. They even waited for him in the parking lot. <laughs> and when he came out, they was booing him then. They was tired of him. It was a nasty game. It was rainy that night. Things were going bad for the Giants. They haven't really gotten much better since then. But when you look at this contest tonight between the Eagles and the Giants, Doc, the Giants are in a, in a, in a funny spot because – you know, 
Daniel Danny Dimes is not really doing what we thought he would do. Outside of that, they look like a team with no weapons. Well, look, I, I think Eli Manning may go down in history as the most underappreciated quarterback in NFL history. All he did was win Super Bowls. All he yeah. did was, was, was do a great job for the Giants. Now you wish you had Eli Manning because Danny Dimes is terrible, right? The offensive line is terrible. Dave Gettleman is terrible. Losing Barkley was, was, a, was a big loss to this team. So look, you can't start Slate and he's going to see Darius Slay. I mean, you're not starting Devonta Freeman because the Eagles have a good run defense. So who are you starting for the Giants tonight? Evan Engram? You feel good about that? You want that eight points? I- I'm really going to wait for Sunday because I don't want eight points on a Thursday to make me miserable. For the, for the Eagles, I-, I like Boston Scott tonight. I think he's in a good spot. But I mean, Zach Ertz is now out for four to six weeks. They haven't activated Goddard off the IR. So you want to start Richard Rodgers? You want to start De- De- Deshaun Jackson? I don't know. Bradbury's out there. Who's he going to cover? If he covers Fulgham, I don't want to start him either. So this is one of those games that really is just a mess. And I just want it to be over. Doc, you, you, forgot, you forgot one great play in this game. The kicker? Eagles defense. Oh, there you go. Eagles defense. <laughs> the Eagles defense is like the best play tonight. I mean, I mean Carson Wentz, as much as people are, are crapping on him, he actually, from a fantasy perspective, has been putting up pretty good numbers. So I think he could do worse. Then start Carson Wentz. I don't have him ranked among my top like 12 quarterbacks for the week, but I do feel like there's people out there who in a pinch maybe are going to have to start Wentz. And he, I mean, he hasn't been bad. You know, the offensive line's been an absolute disaster. So the fact that he's actually getting over 20 fantasy points in what three or four straight weeks uh, is pretty impressive. But with that being said, he's not one of my ranked starters among quarterbacks this week. Would you guys take a fly on Jalen Rager if he's on the waiver wire? No. Mm. Nope. They, they, they have. The, they got Deshaun coming back tonight. Alshon will be back at some point. Travis Fulgham's the guy there. He is the guy. Uh, even again, and I feel like maybe we're not even giving him enough credit. He goes up against the Steelers and does what he does. And then the following week puts up a nice number against Baltimore. Like these are not two crappy defenses. Like these aren't, you know, the, the, the Falcons and the Cowboys. Okay. And we can talk about the Cowboys uh, a little bit later, Corey, because I'm ready to just absolutely go bananas on that team. But Fulgham has looked really good. And like, I understand like Doc's point, you know, the coverage might be a little bit difficult, but I feel like if there's one player on the Eagles that you can play as a flex this week, I mean, Fulgham continues to surprise a lot of folks out there. And in terms of Boston Scott, haven't we seen this story before week one, everyone was all over Boston Scott and boy, he didn't do anything. The good news is that last year against the Giants, he had four touchdowns. No, but he got hurt. He got hurt in that game. game he got hurt. Three fast. touchdowns. He got no, hurt. Right, I know. I know. Before he got hurt, he had done nothing. Yeah. So that, st- that's the that that that's a little bit of a concern to me. But I, I would play him. I think he is a flexible option this week. Yeah. So Corey, about just quick about Rieger. I think the Eagles have a lot to be excited about moving forward. Right. I think they get rid of Ertz. You've got Rieger. You got Fulgham. You got Goddard. You got you got some you got some things going on. You have Miles Sanders. You just have to shore up that offensive line a little bit and shore up that secondary. The Eagles are onto something. Do you think this is a game script game when it comes to guys like Fulham and and, and um and, and Scott? Like, because I, I I'll be honest with you, I think the Giants push him tonight. So I think that you can see you know a good game from Wentz and Fulham because they're going to be. It's going. I think I think it's going to be competitive. No. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> well, like, thinks it's going to be competitive. No, I mean, Correct. Are the Eagles good? Like I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the team that leads the division is two and four, and they stink. Okay, yeah. and and the Eagles are, are are not in first place, and they are now they're a train wreck too. So like that can hey, the Giants gave the Cowboys all they could handle. The Cowboys 
might have lost that game if not for you know Andy Dalton coming through at the end of that game uh, where Greg Zerline sneaked that field goal in between the uprights. So no, I could see this game being a little bit closer than people might project. Packers and Texans is a big one coming up this week. Texans coming off that uh, that loss where they fought valiantly versus the Titans. But uh, the big man, King Henry, he got the rolling. I saw a great tweet, my guy, Emory Hunt. He said, it seems like Derrick Henry gets bigger and taller as the game goes on. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know what? It might be because the defenders get smaller and shorter as right. the game goes on. Um, the Green Bay Packers nasty loss last week. You know what I'm saying, Mike? So yeah. when you look at the pack, when you look at the Texans, um, I see. I saw where you had Will Fuller as a fade this week. I, Will in Fuller, D, in he's DFS, been carrying me, Mike. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, in, in DFS, I do. I do worry that Alexander Jared Alexander could be covering him in that game. And Alexander's been pretty damn good. You know, Doc talked about it last week, where Mike Evans gave you next to nothing, and it wasn't that Mike Evans is terrible, but you know, Alexander's just very good in coverage. So in DFS, I'm mean, in redrafts. Of course, you're playing. I mean, the guy's been great outside of one game. But in DFS, for the price, with the threat of Alexander covering him, uh, that's why he's a fade for me. All right, when you, when, you, when you get into this game, Doc, when you break it down, what do you see? Oh, you are fading Will Fuller. There's no doubt. Alexander is oh, – he's money. I do like Brandon Doc, even in season-long leagues? What's that? Even in season-long leagues? It depends. I mean, I pro- prob- I, probably My, my know- option would be Gallup or Chase – get well, Claypool's in my lineup now. The option would be Gallup or um, – Sammy Watkins. Well, Sammy I don't Watkins know Watkins is out, plays. Yeah, Sammy Watkins oh, doesn't right, play. Yeah. So I think you have to play Fuller and hope for a big play. But look, this game is is very interesting to me, really, in a lot of ways. David Bakhtiari got injured, which once he went down with Tampa's you know, uh, pass pressure, Rodgers had no chance. They need him back this week. If he's back in that lineup, Aaron Rodgers goes ham. I mean, there's no way he doesn't rebound. Aaron Jones has a big week. Devontae Adams has a big week. I'm talking like 350-yard passing and three-touchdown type week because Rodgers was humiliated last week. It's not going to happen two weeks in a row, especially with the Texans' awful defense. Okay, so just load up on your Packers. For for the Texans, I really want to like David Johnson. I do. I want to like him, and I know Fabs likes him, but I just I can't buy into it because I don't like what I'm seeing. But if there's ever a week to play him, this is the week to play him. I do like Cooks a little bit. I think they'll be playing from behind. If that game is going to hit the 57 number, if you're going to go play the over on the DK Sportsbook, then you're going to need Cooks and Johnson to do something. The, yeah, the, reason, definitely- the reason I like Johnson this week, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Green Bay's been horrible against the run, but they've given up 19 plus points to four running backs in their first five games. That's a pretty nice percentage. And also like David Johnson's giving you 12 plus every single week. So it's not like his floor is garbage. So I feel like this week, matchup's right. Houston didn't get him the football. There was one week there where Johnson should have scored a touchdown, but uh, Deshaun Watson threw the ball over his head in the end zone. So I feel like as an RB2, you could do worse with four teams on a bye. It's like the Texans have – the te- how many games this year have the Texans been favored in? The Texans have – like a t- every week it seems like they're playing one of the best teams in the league. And I'm looking at this Texans team like, come on, pull it together. But it just seems like the, the competition is a little bit too tough for them. Not going to be a playoff team this year. They got big work to do in the offseason. Corey, you still- know what's interesting too about this offense? It's been mm-hmm. better since Bill O'Brien went bye-bye. Yeah, well, but that's the thing about it. It's like why, what took them so long to do this? 
No, but Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien was taking them to the playoffs. They were That's never true going too, to the Doc. Super Bowl. He was. He was. He was he taking, was them, taking to the them to the playoffs. So how do you get rid of a coach who literally takes you to the playoffs almost every year, even though you lose? So it's hard because you realize, but the guy was a control freak. The guy never opened up the offense. I mean, he was he was constraining Watson in, in various ways. They're much better off without him if they want to win a Super Bowl. It's just going to take a while because that team, they're going to trade off all their players too on defense because that defense is terrible. See, Mike. Like, I talk to you about, like, how I'm a big fan of Mike Lombardi, your guy, right? You know what I'm yep, saying? Yep. And I remember Lombardi saying, listen, everybody give Bill O'Brien a hard time, but he take him to the playoffs every year. And you he, he more or less Lombardi was saying, when you're the head coach, you can't let Hopkins take over the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I get that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but the product on the field, I understand Hopkins had a big, he was a big figure in that locker room. But the product on the field is suffering without Hopkins there. Yeah, there's no question. Although, if you drafted Will Fuller, you're feeling pretty good about Hopkins not being there yeah. at this point, right? Sure. And Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's been pretty good the last few weeks. He's actually been very good uh, the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, that's something that, as a Texans fan, there's a lot of Houston fans out there, man, they're going to be scratching their heads, really, for the rest of their lives. Why the hell did we get rid of New Hopkins? And just keep in mind, folks, that there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of us are not privy to, even in the media, and I suspect that that was probably the issue there in Houston. And what, and the thing about it is, like, it's like this. See, I, I like Lombardi. But when he talks about people from the Patriot organization, it's a little bit of bias there. And I think that's where that came from. But, you know, I think it was a bad, bad decision to let, uh, to let you know, the young quarterback's favorite target walk out the door. All right, Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. The Bills are a 13-point road favorite, Doc. Uh, this, lay this, the is, point. this is looking like this is looking like zero and sixteen. Lay the points and play Josh <laughs> Allen. Look, if there was ever a week that Josh Allen needed to play the Jets, so go off. This was the week because Josh Allen has not played well the last couple of games. He really hasn't, and he's not very accurate. But he's going to have all day to sit back there. He's going to run for at least forty some odd yards. He's going to throw for two hundred and fifty yards or more. He's going to find Stefan Diggs. I mean, this was the get well game that the Bills desperately needed. Their well coached team. The Jets are awful. I mean, you might play Jamison Crowder because he always does well against the Bills, and I, I'm hoping that Sam Darnold will be back. But I mean, you, you got to play Allen. You got to play Diggs. And look, this is like I said, this is a game the Bills need because if they want to be the AFC champion, you, you got to get back on track. Get back on track should be pretty easy. When you look at the Jets, I mean, I, you want to see P. Ryan get some shots, crowd as the guy. But Mike, it's really just one side of this the Buffalo Bills and how many points you can get out of their fantasy stars. Right, exactly. And, you know, Doc's right on this. Uh, Bills defense, please. Uh, number one defense this week without question. So, if you were lucky enough to pick them up off the waiver wire, you're probably going to get yourself uh, a nice amount of points. The Bills, I mean, it's it's a chalk game, really. You're starting the guys in Buffalo yep. that you typically start. And let's not underestimate Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's been really good this year, guys. Like Too much sauce. At, <laughs> no, but he's been really good, like even against Kansas City. And their defense has been very tough against the slot. He had that late touchdown, ended up giving you a good stat line. His floor's been pretty good. I mean, Cole Beasley's a guy, especially during the bye weeks, if you start multiple flex players, like he's he's definitely in the mix. For the Jets, it's Crowder, and that's it. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. There is nobody else. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be this week. I mean, Darnold's getting closer to coming back, but still, Crowder's the only thing you have in New York uh, wearing a green jersey at this point, guys. And it's uh, – I, I've, I've, I've seen people out there, hey, should I pick up LaMichael P. Ryan? I'm like, okay, 
He for what? Well, well, Fabs, Fabs, Gay he said that he Jets. wants to get P. Ryan more touches. Let's see what happens, right? I don't believe right. him for a second, but let's see. <laughs> Listen, man, Gase's track record of wrecking people's fantasy value just doesn't uh, th- doesn't hold too well with me. So I I have a couple of shares of Gore. I have a couple of shares of P. Ryan because uh, ultimately they're warm bodies. But yep. even even when Bell was out, they were using Kalen Balage more than they were using P. Ryan, and I kind of wondered why that was the case. Who knows, man? Like, the Jets are a dumpster fire. They're going to go 0-16. Hopefully the Cowboys won't win another game the rest of the year. They'll get the number two overall pick. That's how pissed I am about Dallas. I don't want us to win any more games. None. I don't want to win that division. It's embarrassing. It'd be embarrassing to win that division, Corey. All right, all right, we're gonna get there, Mike. <laughs> we're gonna get, Guess you, we're gonna get there sooner my, than later. Yeah, yeah. My, Mike is warmed up, and trust me, I'm listen. I'm disgusted too, so I'm I'm right there with you, especially watching that the other night and then seeing some of the things. But we'll get into that because I want to go to another story that's developing right now in the NFL. So let me talk about the game first: the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. This should be a goodie right here. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that can create some havoc in the AFC. Then they're kind of flying under the radar, and I think Pittsburgh could be in a spot to where you can see them playing deep into the month of January. Mike Tomlin's a very good head coach. I think we slept on Mike Tomlin for a long time, but you saw when Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell got out of there, and you are like, oh, my Lord, what the hell is going on with these people? Now, they get a shot. They're going to Tennessee to take on a very, very tough Titans team, a Titans team I have not believed in. But they got my they got all my respect and attention now, Doc. When you look at the Steelers, it's those wide receivers. It's James Conner going up against that Tennessee defense on the road. What do you think? Look, I give all the respect to the Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is absolutely underappreciated. He's a great quarterback. I love Derrick Henry. Okay, I have a Derrick Henry jersey. Big fan. Like A.J. Brown. Like everything about the Titans. I do. Except they're secondary. And you watch Ben Roethlisberger feast this week. Because the Steelers have all their weapons back. Deontay Johnson will be undervalued on DraftKings because he's done nothing. He gets hurt. People, All of a sudden, this guy went from like, like being the most owned Steeler receiver, and he's going to be really low owned this week. And I'm going to have a lot of pieces of Deontay Johnson. And I'm telling you, you've got Johnson, Claypool, Juju, Ebron, Connor, Ben, this team and the Texans, I'm sorry, the Titans' weakness is that secondary. I think you're going to see the Steelers at full force, and this is going to be a great game, and this is a possible preview of something that we're going to see in December. I think both these teams are well-coached, and both these teams have good enough defenses, but I think the Steelers are just a little bit more complete, and we're going to see if Malcolm Butler can cover anybody in that secondary. I don't think he can. This is a blue-chip game, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no question about that. You're starting everybody, uh, everybody uh, of value, of course, right? So uh, you, you're hoping John U is back. Uh, he's been back to practice on a limited basis. Tannehill continues to prove that he's one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in fantasy football. No Get doubt. him into your lineup. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I like Big Ben, as Doc mentioned. And uh, you know, on the on the Tennessee side, boy, I tell you, AJ Brown's been good. And people go out there and tell you, well, boy, the Steelers' defense. The Steelers' defense can be had. We have seen it. Okay, we've seen it time and time again. Travis Fulgham, anybody? Um, so this is this is a situation where there's going to be points put up on the board. Both of these teams are are very good. They're they're two of the best teams in the AFC without question. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And once again, I can't say it enough. Stop disrespecting Ryan Tannehill. All the guy does is put up 20 points every single week. It seems he's been the top 10 fantasy quarterback since the middle of last season. And he's still not owned in enough leagues, which just absolutely baffles my mind. So, like, 
when you get into the business of fantasy sports, right, mm. and particularly in fantasy football, everybody that's, you know, made a little name for themselves in this industry has a story to tell about this was the moment when people started to respect what I do. You know what I'm saying? I remember John, uh, my good, my, my man, the guru, John Hansen, years ago said, I was like, John, who is your guy? The people said, oh, man, you was right. That was a great call. You was right. And it, and it brought your following to where it helped, you know, get your following rolling. He said it was Isaac Bruce. For me, Dr. Roto knows this, Mike. For me, it's Antonio Brown. I called the Antonio Brown breakout, and I banged my head on the table. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. And for years after that, Antonio Brown was the best fantasy player, really, of this generation. Now, we get a chance, and in a couple of weeks, Antonio Brown is going to be back in the NFL. Where do you think he ends up, and what do you think fantasy owners should do as they prepare for basically wide receiver one <laughs> well i'll tell you where i don't want him to are go you blocked by him uh, what's that are you blocked by him yeah he blocked me you don't have the ago. same little form that i do okay my bad <laughs> i mean like I, because what happened was i was on nfl total access and this was when we had gotten the reports that he was going to buffalo yeah, and I I basically said Antonio Brown's not a top ten fantasy quarterback in Buffalo, and like literally like shortly thereafter, I was blocked. Uh, I, I will live. I have gone on and no uh, doubt. and lived my life, but I don't want him to go to Seattle because DK Metcalf is just. I mean, he's an absolute superstar in the making, and I I don't want any issues with target share there in terms of decline in that category if Antonio Brown shows up. Where would I love him to go? Baltimore. Okay. Hollywood Brown has been up and down. I don't see him as a true number one wide receiver in the national football league. Their run game is just atrocious. Like from a fantasy standpoint, you can't start any of the three guys in that backfield. Although I do hope that JK Dobbins will uh, take on a bigger role in the second half of the season. But if he goes to Baltimore, boy, would that elevate the value of Lamar Jackson, who hasn't really been all that successful as a passer so far this season. Dr. Voto, my guy, Antonio Brown, you was there. You was there when, the, when, when it all went down. What do you think about A.B. at this point? I think that if A.B. wants to go to Seattle, he's got to be a team player. And I'm not sure he's capable because there's no I in team, right? There's an M in me, which he knows all about, <laughs> right? But there's no I in team. So will you go to Seattle – you got Russell Wilson there. You got Lockett. You got Metcalf. You got Carson. You got a team that that is throwing more than it has in the past. But he's not going to be getting ten targets a game. That's not how that offense works. That's not how Russell Wilson is going to deal. So if he goes there, he's going to have to blend in. If he goes to Baltimore, which I think is a great call by Fabs, there he could be the star. And and moreover, Hollywood Brown will let Antonio Brown be the star. Yep. He will want his cousin to be the star, right? So that's what he needs. And I think both situations give him a chance to get to the Super Bowl because that's what these guys want. Later in their career, they're ring chasers. Le'Veon Bell, ring chaser. Do I disagree yep. with it? No. Go chase a ring. You're getting older. You don't know how many more years you have. You want the ring. Because at the end of the day, you know, when Shaq and Barkley yell at each other and Shaq goes, how many rings do <laughs> you have? Barkley shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they want a ring. So if, if AB wants a ring, he's going to have to go to the Ravens. He's going to have to go to the Seahawks. You're not going to go to a, you know, the, the, to a team that's not going to win. But I think you need to go to a team that's going to let you be who you are. And I think the Ravens will. 
And then, you know, it's funny because, you know, Shaq always comes back. You know, Barkley always comes back, you know, and you're like Kobe Bryant carries your fat ass for years. You know what I'm saying? But if I was Charles Barkley, I would say if I was 7'2", I would have had as, just as many championships as you had. More, because you got to think about it. Yeah, he, he would have had more. He At Charles Barkley, and I know we're talking fantasy football, but at Charles, you, you compare the two sizes, Charles Barkley, uh, he put in a lot of work when he was uh when he was in his hay. So uh, let's get back to fantasy football. <laughs> Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Teddy B let us down. Not let us down, but Teddy B caused me to get a loss in the league. I was undefeated in last week. Go on the road this week against the Saints. Mike, the Saints is one of these teams that I can't really figure out. Like I'm saying to myself, man, I, I think the Saints are I think the Saints can be had. Then they come out and they look real good. Then I still feel like the Saints can be had. And I, I don't I don't want to keep losing money betting against the Saints. Do we get Michael Thomas back? What's the situation? How you break down this game right here? Well apparently he had a aggravation of that ankle injury. So I don't know. Michael Thomas is going to end up being the biggest disappointment in fantasy football this season because uh, your best ability is availability, and he hasn't been available. So I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. Time will tell. We'll find out, right? But uh, this is this is one of those games where I love Teddy Bridgewater. He was a fade last week. I mean, you don't start your quarterback unless he's elite against the Chicago Bears. They've just been very good. New Orleans has given up 20.5 fantasy points to every single quarterback they faced this season. That's the floor. So you're playing Teddy Bridgewater. DJ Moore is in my lineup. Obviously, Robbie Anderson is in my lineup. Mike Davis. It's a chalk game outside of Bridgewater, who's a matchup-based starter. The matchup is very good. It's also a revenge game against the Saints, who took him out of the starting lineup after he was 5-0 last year. Okay, it was Drew Brees, but you can still have some fun with that. And out on the New Orleans side, I don't like Brees in this game. And, you know, I get it. Brees is a big name. But look at his numbers so far this year. And I get it. It's been without Michael Thomas, so it is what it is. He has failed to score 16 fantasy points three times. He ranks 20th among quarterbacks in points per game. Breeze has also scored fewer than 15 fantasy points in 42% of his career home games against Carolina. Yes, I dug deep for that stat. And the Panthers have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, and only one quarterback has scored more than 16.5 fantasy points against them. Now, maybe that's because teams just run the ball down their gullet and they don't throw the football, bottom line, Drew Brees has not been great this year, and the matchup is not good at all. I'm, I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure I agree with those things. So let me just – let's just break it down. For I you. gave you a lot of numbers that are factual there, Doc. <laughs> you did. I'm not sure I agree with them. <laughs> gave you a lot of numbers. You did. you did. First of all, I think Michael Thomas tweaked a hamstring. I don't think it was his ankle. I think it was his hamstring. Oh, was it a hamstring? It okay. A hamstring. So that makes me more concerned. Um, mm-hmm. So let's watch that. So here's the difference with Breeze this week. And, and I think Fabs is right in that Carolina's defense has been a little bit better than people think, not the, necessarily the run uh, de- uh, defense. That's always been soft. But they get no pressure on the quarterback, none. And then I think, uh, didn't this kid, uh, Gross Matos, I think he's injured and shorts out. I think Breeze is going to have a lot of time to sit in that pocket. And you give Breeze a lot of time to sit in that pocket, he's going to pick you apart. He's going to pick you apart. Now, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, both in play if Michael Thomas is not there. I want Michael Thomas to play. I'm sure everybody who's rostered Michael Thomas is dying for him to play. Hmm. But the Panthers let out let up a ton, a ton of receptions out of the backfield. So if Michael Thomas is out, you get Alvin Kamara in every lineup for sure. 
right? But I do think that Breeze has a week. I do agree about Teddy Bridgewater. I think this is a revenge narrative. I think this is a game that you can stack. The only thing that worries me about this game is the pace of play. I think they're going to slow this game down a little bit. But in terms of the production, DJ Moore and Teddy B and Breeze and all these guys, I do like them a lot. Browns and Bengals, the Battle of Ohio. I just did the SI National video on Odell Beckham. So, you know, obviously he's been in the news. He continues to, you know, stay controversial at times and stuff like that, Doc. But this game right here, you know, is, you know, the Browns look to bounce back after that nasty loss last week, kind of put them back in their place. I want to see Case Keenum because I got Odell on a couple teams. I'm, I'm done with Baker Mayfield. But, you know, it is what it is with these two teams right here. T. Higgins and the Tyler Boyd or the boys, you know what I'm saying? Where um, Where is uh, A.J. Green? I think that was a, a, a outlier last week. When you look at this game, is it chalk fantasy-wise? I, I think it is. First of all, just about Beckham. Dude, why are you giving dude guys $2,000 in cash in the, on the sidelines when people are filming it? He was drinking. I mean, you got to be drinking and smoking and doing a few other things. I, mean, I, <laughs> I mean, this is this is interesting because Cleveland's run defense is pretty good. Wow. Cleveland's run defense is pretty good. So I think Joe Mixon it may catch a few out of the pack backfield, which he's been doing recently, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of rushing yards. I just don't see it this week. But look, this is a T. Higgins week. This is a Tyler Boyd week for sure. Juju should have had a bigger week last week. He didn't. I think Boyd comes back and I think rebounds and has a good week. I think the question is A.J. Green. Was he inspired last week because he wants to get out of town or was he inspired last week because he was trying to make it up to his teammates? I don't know the answer to that. I know I don't trust him. I like T. Higgins and I like Boyd much more. For Cleveland, I mean, I really like Kareem Hunt. I think this is a great spot. It doesn't get much better than Kareem Hunt this week. So I'm all in there. Landry, I think it's hard to play Landry right now with that injury. I think he's injured. I do like Austin Hooper this week a lot. I think he'll be underrated and undervalued. And I think he's a good sneaky play. That's an interesting call, Austin Hooper. What do you got, Mike? No, I agree with uh, Doc on there. Austin Hooper's actually been really good for three straight weeks now. He's getting more opportunities as the wide receivers have uh, sort of been unreliable in Cleveland, which includes clearly OBJ. I told you guys after the Cowboys game, should have traded him because this was going to happen. OBJ needs to get the hell out of Cleveland from a fantasy perspective. And they're not going to win either. So I feel bad for the man because, uh, yeah, that was a stupid decision uh, with the money at LSU. But he's he's still a, a tremendous player who could be doing a hell of a lot greater things in the stat sheets if he were elsewhere. But, I mean, look at Hooper. Uh, Over the last three weeks, sixth in points among tight ends, third in targets behind Kelsey and Kittle. And Cincinnati's given up the sixth most points to tight ends. Uh, Five different tight ends have scored at least 9.9 fantasy points. And right now, if you're getting 9.9 fantasy points from your tight end, you're dancing in the streets. So, obviously, a very good play. Tyler Boyd's also a really good play. The last time he played Cleveland, he had over 20 fantasy points. They struggle against slot receivers, not named, I guess, Juju Smith-Schuster. So Boyd is in play. T. Higgins is in play. Obviously, Joe Mixon uh, a little bit banged up, but I would guess that he'll be a go this week. And although Mixon has been sort of up and down, the good news is that he's being more involved in the passing game. The targets have been there the last couple of weeks. So while you don't start Mixon with confidence, at least his floor seems a little bit safer. And I agree with Doc, too. Kareem Hunt is in a smash spot. I just get a feeling like Juju smith suits to be like, you know, like up till 5 a.m. playing video games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 Juju, you got to get some rest. You got to go to practice in the morning. You know what he's I mean? Like, you know what he's thinking, though? He's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm only going to get four targets. Who cares? 
Oh, the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons, Mike. Uh-oh, warm them up, baby. Oh, Galladay, yeah. Galladay, Julio, know, man. Ridley. This, oh, man, the football's going to be flying. This one is going to be a fantasy football smorgasbord of points. It's going to be unbelievable. Matt Ryan got back in our good graces last week, so you start him against Detroit. Uh, only one quarterback has failed to score at least 18 points against Detroit this season. On the flip side, Matthew Stafford. Stinker last week, it was game script, didn't have a great match, uh, didn't have a great game despite a good matchup, but Stafford's going up against an Atlanta defense that's given up nearly 350 passing yards per game. They've given up a league-high 18 touchdown passes, and also, listen to this stat, every single quarterback to play a full game against them, because they played against Trubisky and Foles, who combined for a very solid stat line, but every single quarterback to play a full game against them has scored at least 20 points. My... My level of interest is very high in that backfield, though. Like, outside yes. of, you know, Kenny G, you're going to play him. Hawkinson, you're going to play without question. What do they do? I liked DeAndre Swift. A lot of us did coming out of college, and we didn't really expect Adrian Peterson to be in the mix, clearly because he was a late signing by Detroit after being released by the football team. But I want to know. I wanna, I'm very interested to see if Detroit continues on that trend, like a little bit of the passing of the torch. Like, Peterson's always going to be in the mix. He's always going to be a thorn in Swift's side because – he is not going to be a guy who's going to be relegated to the bench. It's not going to happen. But I do wonder, does that snap share, does, this, does the touch share continue to tilt into the rookie's favor? Doc, if you was the coach, what would oh, you no, do? This, this, is, this is not an AP week at all because the Falcons do one thing well. It's actually stop the run. Grady Jarrett up there, the, the, their yards per, per carry is very low. So this is not an AP week. That's a good thing. So this is a swift week. My only problem I have in this game is that I'm trying to figure out ways to fade it in DFS. And I just don't think I can because everybody's <laughs> going to be on this game. Everybody's going to be on Stafford and Ryan and Ridley and Julio and Galladay and Swift and Hawkinson, and they'd be right. So I'm trying to figure out how do I get around not using this game? I, I'm going to use pieces of this game. I'm sure of it. But man, it's, it's like so good. There's not one bad matchup. I mean, Galladay against the Atlanta? Are you kidding me? The only thing that can screw this up is Matt Patricia, right? Who will start running the that ball in the second half, right? So I worry about that. I also give one little thing here. The Lions put a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew last week. He didn't have a lot of time to sit back there and throw. Matt Ryan does much better with a cleaner pocket. He, when he starts seeing a little bit of pressure, he could make some panic throws. So if the Lions start blitzing again, maybe that's the one spot I'm seeing for that Falcon fade. But I, I don't see it. I don't know, man. That's, that's really reaching. I think Swift's a great play this week. I think it's a great game. Mike, we talked about this game with fantasy fireworks all over the place. Mm -hmm. And we didn't mention Todd Gurley. No, he's, he's a very good play. Gurley has been very good. And well, – he hasn't been great every single week, but you know he, when he's been good, he's been very good, and he's getting volume. The touches are there every single week. Atlanta is clearly, and I love this. I love this whole thing. They're um, they're using Gurley like he is a one year contract player, <laughs> so they're going to continue to run him. They're still not getting him as involved as a passing game as I would like to see, but I don't think that's going to happen based on what we've seen over six weeks, and plus of all the the plethora of weapons that Atlanta has in the passing game, but. The matchup's right. Detroit's defense has not been great against running backs. We've seen that this season. So Gurley's firmly in the RB2 conversation. And the matchups over the next couple of weeks are very good. I would tell you this. 
there comes a stretch later in the season where Gurley's matchups start to get very difficult. So after next week's game, I believe they play Carolina coming up, uh, and Gurley had a big game against them earlier. That might be the time to sell Exactly. Though. That's a good call because I think in this game, DFS-wise, you're going to need leverage plays. I think Gurley's a leverage play because people are going to want to start the Atlanta passing game after last week. I think Russell Gage is a, le- is a leverage play because you know the Lions couldn't st- stop a slot receiver if they wanted to look at Keelan Cole. So I think you got to look at leverage plays in this game if you want to be my rich friend. All right. Now let's get on to the Dallas Cowboys and the football team. Oh, so, let's do it, man. Let's do it. You know what, Doc? <laughs> You're the DFS guy. I, you know, I, I get, I dabble a little bit. I'm going all Washington stack. Like every Washington player, get them into your lineup. All of them. They're all cheap. Kyle Allen, JD McKissick, Logan, get them all in your lineup. All of them. Even McLaurin, who might cost a little bit. Get them in your lineup. Cowboys stink. Stink. You know what pissed me off about that game last week? Besides everything, not only, not only the Cowboys look unprepared. Not only and the offensive line is just shot to hell right now, so you can't blame Andy Dalton, but he just he didn't look all that great. Not only did my Cowboys get whacked on national television, but that run that Kenyon Drake broke at the end of the game cost me a win in one of my leagues. All I needed him to do was pull like a Brian Westbrook or a Maurice Jones-Drew. Get the three, four yards for the first down and then take a knee because the game's over. But of course, a player's not going to do that typically because they want to pad the stats and Drake takes it. I mean, the defensive line for the Cowboys opened up like the damn Red Sea, right? And boom, Drake gone. Touchdown. So... The Cowboys sucked, and I ended up losing because Drake had a big game, and I've been killing Drake all season long because he hasn't been good. And, of course, his first big game comes against the Cowboys. But I'm telling you, guys, that defense is is historically bad. We're giving up 36 points a game, okay? J.D. McKissick has been very good. Uh, You know, Doc talked about this earlier on in the week. This guy has been targeting a ton, 22 targets over the last three weeks, 19 catches, okay? McLaurin is going to crush. McLaurin might go for 30 this week, right? Logan Thomas is in the mix as well. Just the Cowboys are a mess right now. And then you see the the tweet that Jane Slater, my former colleague at NFL Network, posted. Did you guys see that one on Twitter and Instagram where she basically says, I'm getting text messages from Cowboys players saying that the coaching staff oh, is yeah, not prepared Yeah, they correctly. really went and after them. Oh, my see, God. They, yeah. Right. Like the, the locker room is a mess right now. And then McCarthy had a press conference and said, well, you know, I, I, I would hope that players would actually, you know, not – air the dirty laundry out there in public, that they would come to me and be a man about it. This team is in trouble. Nobody believes in McCarthy in that locker room, apparently, okay? Andy Dalton ain't the savior. I saw some people out there in the media who said that this was a blessing in disguise, Tony Dungy. I love you, Tony. That was the dumbest thing you've ever said in your life. This is a nightmare, and this actually helps Dak because the Cowboys are going to suck the rest of the year, and Dak's going to be looking at his agent and saying, yeah, I left, and that team just went right down the toilet. And – at this point, you're still starting a lot of your Cowboys, right? Because, you know, you're starting Zeke, you're starting Cooper, you're starting CeeDee Lamb, who was getting targeted a bunch in the second half last week. I even like Dalton Schultz in this game. I'm sorry I'm taking things over here, guys, but I'm pissed. Go ahead. You should have heard me. You should have heard me on my show on SiriusXM. I mean, because we were on the air during the game, and I, I had to stop myself a few times from swearing because it's so disappointing as a Cowboys fan. This is the second year in a row, high expectations, and we're still in first place, and we don't belong there. It's, it's a nightmare for Cowboys fans. It's a nightmare for, for anybody who's rooted for the Cowboys for a long time. Corey, you're in the mix here too. And let's, let's, just, let's just be honest. Okay, Jerry Jones has not won. Jack, you know what, without Jimmy Johnson. Bottom line, has not. 
has had a couple of good seasons. You know, the one year with Wade Phillips, where we went 13 and three, and we got beat by the Giants in the divisional round because we had Patrick a million Creighton. penalties. It was terrible. This Patrick Cowboys franchise has been a disaster for the last two decades. Patrick Creighton drops a, a, a game winning yes. touchdown pass that would have yes. sealed it. Des Bryant uh, caught that football. So it's been opportunities, Dr. Roto. The first thing I saw, and listen, the fantasy stuff, we already know. We already know. You got to load up on them. Doc, when I'm watching it, Doc, I remember saying to myself, this team looks like they don't cross okay, so, so look, you know I coached varsity sports in high school, right? So when yeah. when kids you you want to you want to coach the Cowboys? Yeah, I do. I you actually do. Be better. <laughs> I miss you guys, but I really <laughs> do. Wow. So, so it's a nice paycheck, yeah, exactly. Doc. <laughs> so let me tell you this: when a when a te- when kids and or te- you know athletes say that a coach is strict, I never listen to the athlete, right? Because a coach can bend, a coach can make it easier, but when athletes say that they're not getting coached properly, that tells me everything. It's like in school when your kids say that their teacher's not teaching properly, then you worry because these guys obviously want to be taught. So if they are saying that they want to be taught and McCarthy and his staff is not, are not teaching them properly, that tells me everything. And if Jerry Jones is not listening to that, I don't know what the problem is. Now, look, Mike McCarthy may have won a Super Bowl, but let's, let's give Aaron Rodgers a little credit for that too, right? Because he's only one of yeah. the top uh, quarterbacks of all time. So let's let's just I, I think there's panic everywhere in Dallas right now because I mean that that tells me everything. Real quick, I think Terry McLaurin may just be the best play in all of fantasy football this week. <laughs> in the history Dude, listen, of man. The I mean, like at this point, I, I you know, I feel like uh uh Clark Griswold at the end of his rant and Christmas vacation. I'm just so annoyed with the Cowboys at this point. Get me a Tylenol, but I it is what it is, man. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's actually a good thing because you can start just about anybody against the Cowboys. Doc, Corey, would you play Kyle Allen in DFS? Does your – does your uh, well, for, for Corey and I, your just absolute distrust of the Cowboys defense go that far where a dude like Kyle Allen is in play in DFS? Yeah, and here's why. Because what you do is you take a little Allen, you put him with McLaurin, you drop a guy from the Cowboys, maybe a CD lamb, and then you just start stacking those expensive, the Kamars of the world and the Aaron Jones of the world. And then you can afford that because Kyle Allen's super cheap. So uh, he's definitely right. in my visionary plays of the week for sure. Well, see, how about that? Maybe I'm a little visionary with that too, man. Me and Doc on the same wavelength against the Cowboys. How about that? It's it's, it's about that time right now. All right, this should be an interesting one right here. Let's get ready to get into these four o'clocks and get ready to wrap this one up and get up out of here. Dr. Roto, Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray versus big Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. (laughs) It's going to be a good game. I'm really looking forward to watching this one. Me too. I I think that the, Mm -hmm. the players I'm actually really looking forward to watching are the running games. Chris Carson's in a really good spot this week. I like him a lot. Can Kenyon Drake continue the way he's played? For the Cardinals to advance deep this season, they're going to need Drake and Edmonds to help Murray out because Hopkins and Kirk are playing terrific football, but they're going to need that running game. So I'm really looking at the running games here because we know the passing games and the receivers on both sides are terrific. Mike, what you got in this one? I mean, dude, like I just traded for Chris Carson in one of my leagues. I've been trading like a madman over the last uh, over the last week or so, having a little fun with that. Uh, if you're not trading, you're not trying. No, Doc's right. He's absolutely right. Chris Carson's in, in a smash spot. And uh, this is going to be a fun matchup. Kyler Murray, I mean, he's on pace to rush for right around 1,000 yards. And, you know, that that's sort of 
taken away a little bit from Drake. And I feel like Drake is probably a guy you should sell high on. That's going to be the theme of the season. When a guy who's been bad goes off against the Cowboys, <laughs> right? It's time to sell high on him, right? Because yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen again. So, you know, Drake is obviously in play this week. You're going to play him. I like Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk was one of my sleepers last week. Uh, so uh, trying to be a little visionary like our, our friend Doc Roto here. Kirk hadn't really done much. But you play the Cowboys and things can change for the better in a very positive uh, fashion very quickly. Seattle has given up 165 yards and the most points to receivers lined out wide. Uh, Kirk is running about 84% of his routes there. So like he's not getting like a ton of targets. I think he's averaging like five targets per game somewhere in that uh, area. So he's a little volatile. But the matchup is right for Christian Kirk this week, man. I'd flex him uh, in redrafts, and, and I'm guessing he's not going to be that expensive in DFS as well. Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, Dr. Roto, Denver Broncos, my man Brandon McManus. I love him. <laughs> it's not a thing. Kick is on the show. Uh, Chiefs, Broncos, what we got, Doc? Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go off this week. He's a great yeah. – I mean, look, he what is he throwing for? Last, no 225 last week? Come on. This guy's going to go crazy. I'm going to give you my sneaky, sneaky play of the week. I'm going to I'm going to call it here, and I'm going to call that. If you go to the DK Sportsbook, might get some good odds on it. Miko Hardman scoring a touchdown this week. I'm telling you. He right. disappeared last week. Everybody, Nobody's going to want any part of this guy. think he scores. I like that. I'm telling you I who like I'm looking that. for on the Broncos side of the ball. Watch Drew Locke. I think people are worried about him. But, man, you go to New England and you beat that defense. That tells me something. Maybe his numbers weren't great. But you get the win up there against Bill Belichick, you impress me. His schedule starts to get a lot better soon. I think Locke is going to be a guy I'm watching. Hey, guys, quick question for you here. Uh, Doc, this one goes to you, too. Tyree Kill's only $6,400 this week on DraftKings. Uh, Will Fuller's more expensive than he is. Uh, DK Metcalf, obviously, uh, is going to be more expensive. CeeDee Lamb is more expensive than Tyreek. Is that one of those, hmm, that seems a little bit too good to be true? Or do you roll with Tyreek at $6,400 against Denver? I think you certainly can roll with him. I, I do. I think Denver's run defense is pretty good. And I think if you want to go with like Mahomes, Hill, Hardman, uh, you might be onto something there. I, I think Mahomes, there's no way you can keep Mahomes down for this many weeks, right? It's, he's going to explode. Right. And I think, you know, Hill's got Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan's the slot corner there. Callahan is, a, is short. And he's, you know, compact, but he's not as fast as Hill. Hill runs a 4-3. I think Callahan's like a 4-5 something. So I think it's a big difference. San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots. Patriots look to get back on track. Cam and the boys uh, um, going up against Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike, revenge game. I know, but I, I'm still not going Jimmy G, even though the revenge game narrative is very relaxed. <laughs> I'm still not going Jimmy G. Like, and, and even Cam, like, I mean, he, he's lost a little bit of his luster. Like, he had... Uh, 19 points ballpark last week, but it was all running the football. Only three teams are throwing the football less than the Patriots right now. They are just not effective in terms of the passing game at all. Julian Edelman has disappeared. Uh, can't start him with a lot of confidence this week. And honestly, James White's probably in the flex starter conversation. Outside of that, there's really not a lot of Patriots that I have a lot of faith in this week, including Cam Newton, who's likely going to be uh, a borderline starter in most 12-team leagues. On the flip side, that backfield in San Francisco has me a bit perplexed, okay? Last week, Jamichael Hasty got a lot of the touches down the stretch in a game that was still uh, up for grabs against the Rams. And I wonder how much burn 
Jarek McKinnon's going to get. And also keep in mind, like, I get it. Philip Lindsay had a nice game against the, the Patriots last week on the ground. Didn't get into the end zone. The Patriots are really tough on running backs. And McKinnon's going to get volume, but the matchup's not good. And then Hasty looms in the mix there, too. And then Debo Samuel, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's a very good player, and I think he's going to help a lot of people in the second half. But this is a bad matchup. You know, Stephon Gilmore uh, in the mix. Uh, interesting stat that I found. The Patriots' defense has not allowed a single wide receiver to score even 12 fantasy points in a game based on out-wide rights on, uh, routes only. And that's the Gilmore effect. So Debo's coming off a nice game. You may be itching to get him back into your starting lineup. Uh, I think you should temper expectations. Doc, 43 and a half is a total on this one. I don't think – I don't. and to be honest with you, I don't see how they get I think they make it to three. <laughs> there's just nobody in this game I want to play. There's nobody in this game I want to play. Maybe Cam Newton, but – that's only if he runs. I, this really is a bad fantasy matchup. I, I think please try to avoid this game. You play Kittle because you have Kittle, but I'm in a league where I have Kittle and Hawkinson, and I'm really debating it. Hawkinson's got the best matchup he's going to see all year, and Kittle may have the worst. So I'm tempted. And, and Belichick's going to take he away is, Kittle. So I'm, I'm really tempted. But I mean, to, saying that I bench George, if I lose because I bench George Kittle, I may not be here on Monday, okay? I may run into traffic. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, let's get ready to wrap it up. Uh, Jaguars and Chargers, Mike, what do you got? Well, I got me a lot of Justin Herbert. I think he's in a very good spot here to succeed. And he was available in a bunch of leagues, guys, because he was on a bye last week with the Chargers. So uh, some folks out there needed to pick up players who could help them in week six. So he was left out there. Uh, he's got to be owned in probably about 60% of leagues on ESPN at this point. But uh, in three road games this year, Jacksonville's defense has given up over 22 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Two of those games, the quarterback scored more than 24 points. So Herbert is certainly in the mix. Uh, DJ Chark, I'm fading him in DFS. You probably have to play him. The matchup's not great. James Robinson has had a couple of stinkers in a row. Uh, He had some garbage time at the end of last week. Maybe it's game script. I think he's still clearly in play as an RB2. I'm interested to get your guys' take, though, on Gardner Minshew. Okay, now, on the road, Minshew, I mean, for the most part, he's been okay from a fantasy perspective. He's been pretty decent. He's had one stinker. Last week wasn't great, but uh, ended up giving you around 18 fantasy points. With the Chargers getting back Melvin Ingram, uh, they're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. Is Minshew one of those players that you would roll with in DFS or in redrafts? Because I don't know what it is, but I got a gut feeling that this is not going to be a good week for Gardner Minshew. You know, Minshew is one of those guys that you just don't know, right? One week it's going to be 350 yards and three touchdowns, and one week it's going to be 189 and one. This could be one of those 189 and ones. It really could because Bosa is back and he's healthy. He's not even on the injury report. Melvin Ingram, when, once Melvin Ingram is even on the field, it makes Bosa even better. Right, you're talking about Desmond King and Casey Hayward, and and I like the, I like Rayshon Jenkins, a pretty good safety as well. I mean, it's a good secondary. I think this is a bad spot, and I also think this is a good get healthy spot for Josh Kelly, who did not play very well. And I think everybody's talking about Justin Jackson this week. Well, Doc. Justin Jackson was dealing with an knee injury, I think, in practice. So I think they both play. I think at the end of the day, they both play. But I think this is a game where the Chargers want to reestablish the running game a little bit. So. I, I mean, I like Herbert. I like Mike Williams. I like all these guys. But, you know, speaking on the Jacksonville side, I'm very hesitant to be in on these guys. I think the Chargers defense is going to have a big week. Doc, would you start Justin Herbert or Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, wow. I mean, oof. 
That's a tough one. I, I think I probably Herbert because Jacksonville is that bad. But it's, it's I've got Herbert ranked higher. Yep, it's close. Yeah, but it, it, you know what? It's a, it's a it's a good one to have because I think either way you're looking pretty good. But I, yeah, I, I I like I like Herbert home game. Typically, when when there's when there's quarterbacks or or you know any position for that matter where the players are really close in value and the matchups are are very good, I'll typically go with the guy who's playing uh, on his home field. So uh, Herbert's there, but it's close. Yeah, man, I'm expecting uh, good things from Tom Brady. I think this could end up being a high-scoring game, although I don't love Derek Carr this week. Tampa Bay's been very tough on quarterbacks. Just ask Aaron Rodgers, okay? And it's a chalk game for me. The biggest superstar in this game from a fantasy perspective could very well be Ronald Jones, right? Ronald Jones has looked great. Over the last four games, he's averaging over 17 points per game. The Raiders are brutal against running backs. They're giving up almost 170 scrimmage yards Per game, they've given up eight touchdowns. They've given up the second most fantasy points to the position. Now I understand. At any time, Ronald Jones can implode and Leonard Fournette, if he's actually active, could take uh, some of that workload away. I don't know that it's going to be this week. And I also liked what I saw from Fournette. I don't know if you guys saw the tweets that he posted this week. But basically he said, you know what? He's rooting for Ronald Jones. Earlier in his career, maybe he would have been upset because Ronald Jones is getting most of the touches uh, and Fournette's been inactive for a couple of weeks. But uh, Fournette's rooting for him. So was, that was really good to see. Maybe the, the young man's maturing a little bit, but Ronald Jones is, I mean, he's, he is a, he is a must start this week, uh, in what is a smash spot. I think you're, uh, smoking something. And, and here's <laughs> why, because the one thing the Raiders want to do more than anything is run the football. And the one thing the Bucks do better than almost any team in the NFL is stop the run. So when you stop Josh Jacobs, you're, you're now putting it all on Derek Carr's hands. And look what, what happened with Rodgers last week. Carlton Davis, I'm telling you guys, really good cornerback. Really good. I mean, I think Chris Godwin is in the smashiest spot he's had. Is he, this guy's healthy? It's 10 for 150 and two touchdowns because LaMarcus Joyner hasn't stopped anybody in years. So, I mean, Rojo's look good. Brady's more confident. I think it was a big win for them last week. I, I think the – look – Carr is actually one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I'll give you that exact. I really like this guy. A lot of the touchdown and interception ratio is terrific. I just think this is a bad week for him. Just is. The Bucs the Bucks are a really good team. And getting to Fab's point about Fournette, I think Fournette and Lev Bell, they're putting the team first. And when that happens, your team is going to go far. You know, when and I think that's going to make a difference. If the Chiefs and Buccaneers get to the to the to championship games or the Super Bowl, it may be because these guys put their their attitudes and their egos aside. Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the top five accuracy award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at SI.com slash fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at SI.com slash fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's SI.com slash fantasy.